Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of Insurance Uncovered. This podcast is produced by the National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies and is your source for insurance news and perspective from thought leaders in the property casualty insurance industry. I'm your host, Kathy Imus. Today, we're uncovering regulation of climate-related risks. A new report from FIO suggests ways to evaluate climate risks at a time when some insurers have stopped offering new coverage in states that are facing extreme weather events. The Federal Insurance Office has issued a new report calling on state regulators to refine efforts to evaluate climate change risks in insurance markets. The report comes as some insurers are leaving Louisiana, Florida, and California, citing costs associated with an increase in extreme weather events linked to the effects of climate change. The report highlighted existing efforts by certain state insurance regulators and the National Association of Insurance Commissioners on climate change risks and issued 20 recommendations moving forward. NAMIC Senior Vice President of Federal and Political Affairs Jimmy Grandy says the FIO's recommendations shouldn't be a one-size-fits-all approach. The Federal Insurance Office's report from June 27th recognized the work being done by insurers and state regulators to examine and address climate risk. However, rather than seeking a one-size-fits-all approach, NAMIC believes FIO should defer to the unique, specialized understanding of functional state regulators and how they understand the unique risks presented in each state. Going forward, NAMIC hopes the FIO will follow its statutory guidance to partner with state regulators instead of creating duplicative work and infringing on existing work streams. FIO is expected to proceed with its data call in the coming months. The report recommends state insurance regulators and federal authorities continue to identify relevant data that will quantify climate-related exposures and fill gaps regarding climate-related risk in the insurance industry. The University of Colorado has changed its forecast for the 2023 hurricane season, now calling for above-average activity. Despite the update, a new survey from Munich Re and III finds 60% of homeowners have not taken any steps to better protect their homes from weather hazards, even though maintenance and other improvements can help mitigate damage and reduce costs. As with any hurricane season, coastal residents are reminded that it only takes one hurricane making landfall to make it an active season for them. So residents should prepare the same way for every season, regardless of how much activity is predicted. For the first time, NAMIC has released a mid-year update to its annual Mutual Factor Report. In collaboration with Aon, this latest NAMIC report provides perspective on the impact of several events on the mutual industry that occurred between September 2022 and April of this year, including U.S. CAT event losses, rising inflation and other economic factors, as well as the state of the reinsurance market. One highlight finds inflation trends for housing and other services are not subsiding to the levels of other categories. Both of these categories tend to be key predictors of the influence that inflation stands to have on property casualty insurance company portfolios. The Mutual Factor Mid-Year Report also estimates that global reinsurer capital declined by 15% to $575 billion at the end of 2022. 
The reduction was principally driven by substantial unrealized losses on investment portfolios. The mid-year mutual factor report is now available at NAMIC.org. The full report will be released in September as usual to coincide with NAMIC's annual convention. On today's Unscripted, we'll learn about a new partnership that NAMIC has entered into in order to bring members a new service. You may recall, as part of the association's new strategic framework, one of the NAMIC goals is to provide a mix of products to members that help enhance their businesses. So today, NAMIC CEO Neil Aldridge is talking with Matt Popoli from Bain Capital about a new offering of corporate-owned life insurance. Joining me for today's unscripted interview is Matt Popoli from Bain Capital. Uh, NAMIC has recently entered into a partnership with Bain uh, to provide uh, a, a new offering to the membership. Not a new, not a new offering in, in, in terms of it's newly been created, but certainly new with Bain. And that is uh, the concept of corporate-owned life insurance. It's a new topic for us here at NAMIC, and uh, Bain is the provider of this uh, product for the membership. And so Matt's going to join me today and kind of talk through the ins and outs of this program, and we can all learn more about it uh, together and and hopefully uh, spur some interest in this new offering. So Matt, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Neil, thanks so much uh, for uh, for having me here today, and, and we really appreciate and value uh, the partnership with, with NAMIC on, on the ICOLI and, and on a bunch of other things as well. So again, thanks for having me here today and look forward to talking uh, with folks about, uh, about ICOLI. Sure thing. So let's start, let's start at the beginning, really. Just give us a minute on Bain. This is, this is Bain Capital. The people that may have heard about Bain, maybe not know that it's in the insurance business now. Maybe spend just a minute there before we get to the ICOLI stuff is, itself. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Bain Capital, as is, is, is most folks know, uh, is a, uh, a leading global alternative investment manager. Uh, we were founded in 1984 and currently manage about $165 billion across a number of different uh, investment strategies. Uh, we're quite global in nature with you know, very significant operations across the globe. Um, our insurance business really has started over the last few years. And a big part of what we're trying to do is uh, both provide capital to insurance businesses, but also help insurance businesses uh, better manage their capital uh, and their assets. And one of those um, solutions is is the ICOLI uh, program. Great. So let's let's get right into it then. Why don't we uh, just tell us, you know, what is ICOLI? How does it work? All those kinds of things. Yep. Sure. So uh, ICOLI uh, stands for Insurance Company Owned Life Insurance. And so the simplest way to think about uh, how it works is. Uh, insurance company A um, takes $100 of bonds from the general account and sells those bonds and generates $100 of cash and takes that $100 of cash and puts it into a corporate-owned life insurance that, that their company would uh, would would purchase. Uh, that corporate-owned life insurance is typically issued by a you know a double A, triple A kind of brand name other uh, companies such as uh, New York Life or, or others, uh, and that $100 goes into the uh, into the uh, uh, ICOLI policy. And uh, that ICOLI policy then invests in uh, a number of underlying funds called insurance dedicated funds. And one of the benefits of the structure is as that $100 in my example gets invested into the ICOLI, uh, there's a lot of flexibility in terms of how that can be invested. And one thing that a lot of insurance companies have done with their ICOLI programs is they've used it as a way 
to invest uh, into alternatives. So private equity, venture capital, real estate, private equity, infrastructure, et cetera. As, um, you know, as, as companies have struggled over the last decade to earn attractive returns, uh, alternatives we think have proved to be a, a place where you can actually earn, earn excess returns. Um, one of the issues with alternatives is uh, been how, how do you access them? Um, and then the capital charges with the alternatives uh, can, can be or, or are higher outside of Icoli. So one of the benefits of Icoli is all of the underlying um, assets in the Icoli policy uh, receive much more favorable capital charges, uh, risk-based capital charges versus dr investing directly into those underlying assets. So in my example uh, of the $100, $100 goes into the uh, Icoli policy, that $100 then goes into the, in, uh, the Best of Bain IDF, that invests in you know, a number of different underlying uh, private equity and private credit strategies. Um, and the capital charge to that insurance company um, is not the underlying capital charge of the policies from a risk-based capital standpoint, but it actually is a, there's a special um, capital charge for the iColi policy itself, uh, which is 0% for life and annuity companies and 5% for PNC companies. So one of the advantages is it's a lot more capital efficient to invest into alternatives through an iColi policy uh, versus investing in them directly. So I would say uh, capital efficiency is one of the big uh, one of the big benefits. And then one of the other benefits is because um, this is an insurance policy, a, a, a group life insurance policy that the company is investing in, all of the earnings from that policy um, compound tax free. So you're actually compounding on a tax free basis. Um, throughout that that whole period. So if you look at the actual uh, earnings uh, that you can generate on a statutory basis uh, from the ICOLI policy, uh, they're they're you know, much more significant than investing in these products on a just an unwrapped basis outside of uh, the context of an ICOLI. Gotcha. And then I know there's also uh, the the employee benefit side of this, right? So so you offer this to senior executives or management team or whatever there might be. So talk a little bit about that angle of this. Yep. And so as the as the policy is uh, getting, getting put together, um, it's effectively a group life insurance policy on a bunch of your senior execs, usually the top 25% or top third of, of, of the most highly compensated folks uh, in, in a company. Uh, and when those individuals participate in the ICOLI process, uh, typically the, uh, the sponsoring insurance company uh, would give that executive um, some amount of free insurance, and that can that can vary depending on program. That can vary depending on uh, on on company. Uh, but it's a way that uh, companies can uh, bring additional value to their uh, execs through an additional um, paid up or free life insurance benefit to their senior execs that participate in the iColi uh, policy. So the idea is the company benefits from this structure. So the company benefits by compounding surplus at a higher rate than they would ordinarily. And part of that um, part of that value is shared with the execs that effectively enable the issuance of the iColi policy by getting uh, free or subsidized life insurance uh, for themselves and their family. Sure. So you're, you're an insurance company, you get the benefit of an alternative investment, you get to bring a new benefit uh, in this marketplace, especially when we're talking about you know, retention of talent and all those kinds of things. That That's another added benefit to this is you get to add this to a group of folks in your company that maybe you want to keep long term or whatever the case might be. Uh, and then uh, you get the the benefits in terms of the efficient, efficiency 
related to you know capital charges compared to other potentials here um sounds like a, you know it's a it's not a and there are member companies we know of you know of that have these programs already in place but we're hoping a lot more do uh here with our with our relationship with you and, and with everybody at bain uh is there any i mean you just can't talk about the the good side is there any downside to this that companies ought to know about yeah, I think you know. I think the the the, the uh, I think the biggest downside is it's it's a complex process, right? So it's yeah. you know buying a bond is simple. You go and buy a bond, and everyone knows how that works. Um, the process itself um, can be complicated. Uh, one of the things that we've tried to do uh, through this partnership with NAMIC is really boil it down to its very simple elements to say this these are the real benefits. There's the employee benefit uh, benefit uh, Neil that you talked about. Um, there's lower underlying risk-based capital charges to the to the to the underlying asset classes. Um, there's a tax advantage earnings, and there's the overall improved investment performance. Um, uh, investing in uh, when you invest in alternatives as the underlying asset. So we think those are the, the, the big four benefits. Uh, but to get those, um, it, it sometimes is a little bit overwhelming because it involves the head of HR, it involves a CEO, it involves a CFO, it involves the, the head of investments. And so it's kind of this product. It's not just like buying a bond. It's effectively becomes a permanent part of your of your insurance company's you know, uh, capital structure. And so because of that, it's, it's complicated. So I, I think that's really um, you know, the, the single, single biggest issue that, that we've seen with it is, is the complexity. Once folks actually break it down and understand the benefits, um, I would say our conversations with, with folks, people have said, once I understood it, you know, like I, my question was, why, do, why doesn't everybody do this? And, and that, that's yeah. typically uh, the reaction that we get once folks actually kind of take it through the whole process and understand it, which is, gosh, you know, there's, there's, uh, and, and what we say to them is there's about $30 billion of iColi outstanding and all of the big, big mutuals, I shouldn't say all, the vast majority of the big, big mutuals have already done this uh, and, and the largest ones have done it to the tune of, of billions and billions of dollars of their general account. So I think um, a lot of folks have, have figured this out, um, but I don't think anyone has really marketed this, um, you know, the way that that I think, you know, NAMIC is trying to do it to the membership, um, of particularly of, of the mutuals. And again, we, we think it's a real, a real great benefit that, that, um, that you all are doing and offering to your, to your members here. And, and we hope that, that plenty of them, you know, kind of pick up the phone and, and ask questions. And uh, we're happy to kind of walk folks through uh, what that process looks like and uh, yeah. kind of get them in touch with the right broker and the right, uh, the right insurance company. Yeah, that's, um, that's one of the reasons why we're spending a little time on today, hopefully just to raise awareness about it and, and generate some interest. Uh, what's the typical like start to finish? Do you have, do you have yet a typical time frame that companies could expect how this should roll out? Yeah, well, what we tend to find is there's kind of a, you know, there's kind of a, a lot of it is really the pace at which the company is, 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 is moving. But I think we generally find there's kind of a month education process going back and forth, understanding it, what is it. Um, and then we find there's kind of a, a couple of months of working with the insurance agent or broker to help pull it together, to help get all the information and the members uh, pulled together at the company level, um, working with the investment manager, such as Bank Capital, to help figure out what are the right strategies for that company. Um, one of the things that we've done is we do an annual IDF. So in 2023, uh, we are launching our third IDF, um, not very cleverly, but called IDF3. So, uh -huh. so IDF3 is our, our third IDF that we'll launch this year. And it's very simple. We have a best of Bain IDF every year. Um, that's kind of our default. So I think from an investment option perspective, we make it, uh, try to make it pretty turnkey. So, but that, you know, but working through the investment options takes a little bit of time. So look, I think beginning to end, 
six months is not an unreasonable timeline. Could, could someone get it done sooner if they want to? Absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, three to six months is, is probably the right range in terms of, um, you know, you know, first hearing about it to kind of ultimate execution. Yeah, I've talked, I've been out uh, lately <clears throat> visiting with a lot of member companies. Uh, one of my favorite things uh, get to do in this job, and I've talked about this with a few of them, of course, many of them now here recently, and and a lot of them are in that, as you mentioned, that I kind of am intrigued by this idea, but I'm not totally sure I really understand it yet. Um, and, you know, there are a lot of them seem to be in that space. We do, I would tell folks, uh, listeners, we do have a, on the NAMIC website, um, in, this, in the products and services area here, there's a subpage there. It has a video on it um, that I, that's from Bain that it kind of explains what this is. Um, it's actually, I, I don't say this just because it's on our website and then Bain did it, but it's actually pretty good about kind of explaining uh, for people that, like me, that may need a little more explaining about how this all works. Um, it's just a short little video that kind of explains it, uh, but it, I would direct folks there um, to try to get a little more education about it. And of course, contacting me or anybody here at Damic um, or any of the folks at Bain um, to to pursue it a little further. Is there anything that that folks look at it for, from the start? Uh, you're talking to a CFO or a CEO for the first time. You know, what's something that they should sort of like the 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 basic understanding that they should have about the product? Yeah, sure. So I, I think that the, the basic understanding is, um, you know, this this is a, a a way for them to improve underlying investment performance, particularly through our program, which is a alternatives focused program. So again, the underlying funds um, of, of our IDF are uh, private equity and private credit. So higher returning, higher yielding products. Um, on average, we're targeting 15% net returns for our underlying products. And so I think one of the things, one of the starting points is, you know, th- does the CFO or the CIO or the CEO, are they looking to improve investment return? And are they comfortable with having some uh, portion of their investment portfolio in alternatives? I think that's a threshold question. Um, if, if one wanted to have a very simple, plain vanilla, you know, corporate bond portfolio in their in their ICOLA, they certainly still get the benefits, the, the tax benefits. Uh, but I would say that's not the the sort of product that we're offering. We're, we're we're talking to folks about about developing, you know, iColi solutions that focus specifically on alternatives. So I think one of the threshold issues would be: Are folks generally looking for higher returns through alternatives? And if the answer is is yes, I think this is a really great product for it. And then I think the other threshold question, you know, folks need to need to understand or ask themselves is. Um, you know, can we can we work through the the the, the slight complexity mm-hmm. of this product? And I think those are really the two threshold questions. And if the answer is is yes to those two questions, you know, we think that you know you know many many of, of the NAMIC members would would really greatly benefit from this. And again, we think because we've got this great partnership with with NAMIC, we, we've tried to boil this down to just be very simple and not have you know too many investment options, not have too many carrier options, not have too many broker options. Just kind of boil it down to if you know you're interested in this, here are the three or four things you need to do. Kind of check boxes, check those boxes, and then kind of start going through the process. And again, we've had folks go through the process, and we certainly have plenty of of reference clients that we'd be happy to to have your members speak with. That I think can speak to how um, how easy the product actually is once you actually get in, get through the once you get through the initial hurdle of gosh, this thing sounds complex, which which it is. Sure, understood. Well, listen, thanks, Matt. I know you and some of the Bain folks will be at uh, uh, some of the NAMIC events this year. You guys are sponsoring several of them. I know you'll be at a management conference later this summer, and you'll be at the NAMIC convention. And folks, if they can't get you in the meantime, can certainly run into you there. 
And I know you'd be welcome any kind of conversation or questioning from the membership on this product and and the partnership here. And I hope folks explore it and 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 look at this. As I mentioned, this is a it's a new you know benefit of being part of NAMIC is that you have access to this and and we hope uh, member companies will will take you up on it. So thanks for joining us today. Thanks for working with us and the partnership uh, with Bain going forward. And I'm sure I'll see you at some of the NAMIC events coming up soon. And that's it for this week's episode of Insurance Uncovered. We'll be back on July 26 with more insurance news and perspective. Until next time, I'm Kathy Imus. Have a terrific day.